gentlemen and welcome to episode 111 that's 111 for you people out there i don't know what that means of the generation gaming podcast i am your host once again this week i am tyler and i'm joined by my good buddy um been with me since episode one we got jack how you doing buddy oh man i'm doing all right playing a bit of games doing a little bit more for like uh, job search things but other than that oh man i've been doing okay (laughs) that's good that's very good um, so sweet. Well, that was quick. It's a lot easier now with just like, with just two people. Like you can just fly right through the introductions. Well, yeah, that's 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 very true too. I mean, normally when we do have an initial person or two, it takes it does take a bit of time just to go forth and like get the introductory stuff. So it's like, oh, hey, it's refreshing. Yeah, I mean, we're like we're about a minute in and we're done with the introductions, so we can just jump into uh, what we've been playing. This is awesome. Uh, it's probably a good thing because there is quite a bit going on this week in the world of gaming. Um, oh yeah, but let's go ahead and talk about what we've been playing. I think you and me actually have a game in common, but what's yep. um, maybe we should both talk about what we uh, we played that we didn't that the other one didn't play, and then we'll then okay. we'll talk about the one we did play. We both played. That, Sounds good to me. That makes sense. All right, go ahead. And, uh, what have you, what have you been playing, buddy? I had a chance last night to download Rare Replay on my Xbox One, and I gotta say though, it's every bit as worth like uh, the cost of admission as uh, you've been that people have been hearing about pretty much. So basically, what it is, it's a collection of uh, video games from the company Rare and stuff that was responsible for developing games for, like say, for Nintendo systems for like really much for years up until Microsoft acquired them back in two thousand two. So. Rare is a company, they're based in the UK, they've been making games not only for Nintendo systems, but they've been making them, like, for the ZX Spectrum, that was a system that was, uh, that was, you know, around at one time, which I've never even had a chance to play up until maybe last night, and, uh, obviously, from the early 2000s on, they've been making games for, like, Microsoft systems, so for the Xbox, for the original, like, 360, and, like, uh, sooner or later they're gonna be getting that, uh, Xbox One game out for that, uh, that sort of like MMO pirate game that they got going on. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I that game. But anyway, Rare Replay consists of like about 30 of their classics, I believe. I believe it's around 30 games. So It's it includes, exactly 30 games. Yeah, it's exactly 30 games for $30. And the thing about it, there is a lot of great games in this package. I mean, we're talking about games like Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, like you got games like Jeff Force Gemini, Perfect Dark... Let's see. Try to think of other stuff. Yeah, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, which that's pretty cool in and of itself, considering the cart goes for like almost close to about a hundred dollars now. Yeah. And uh, you got other games that were from the 360 period as well, like say you have like Cameo, Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise. 
you actually have Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which other people probably don't like as much as the. Is that the racing but... one? Well, yeah, it's the racing kind of like the cart builder type of one. Mm-hmm. So now, well, there are some fans of it, but but the thing about this game is, it's supposed to be like this collection disc dealy, like from what other companies have done before. And for its credit, it gets a lot of good stuff right about it. I mean, you got a lot of their early stuff from like the arcades, be it from Jetpack. So, really what you're seeing right now is they just have a lot of their games from consoles like the ZX Spectrum, the NES, the N64, the Xbox, the Xbox 360, stuff like that. But the only thing that's really missing from this package is what Nintendo owns, (laughs) pretty much. Mm -hmm. So, say the Donkey Kong Country games, Diddy Kong Racing is missing from this, and obviously Star Fox Adventures, that's missing as well. Oh god, nobody wants that though. Yeah, that's very true, too. And then, <laughs> Only yeah, maybe a certain people. And then GoldenEye, of course. Oh, yeah, and then the GoldenEye 007, which, you know, it has already been kind of rebooted thanks to, uh, like, Activision. <laughs> Activision's doing on the Wii. Um, but the gameplay itself for a lot of the classic games, they're really good. I believe they're really good. And what, what was really funny was trying out most of the games last night. I just basically unlocked an achievement every time I tried the ones that weren't Xbox Live arcade-affiliated. <laughs> so you know it's like okay you're playing jetpack oh here's about 10 gamer score points for doing that oh hey there's saber wolf okay you get about 10 or 15 for doing just for playing this for the first time it <laughs> it was like a like an obvious trend you know it was really funny yeah it's kind of like but, um yeah. the simpsons movie game they made where yep. it's like when you press start you get the you get a five achievement score it says easiest achievement ever <laughs> kind of exactly like that, but uh, yeah, more so, maybe not as forcefully funny as, say, like, the Simpsons game with that regard, but, uh, but yeah, it's basically just, oh boy, it's basically the, the achievement structure of the game is, like, a multitude of uh, different things, so you get about, like, 4,000 or so, I think it was, like, I think it was, like, yeah, 4,000 or so, like, gamer score if you complete everything, but yet there's, like, a lot of different types of, like, uh, milestone things you get. So, basically, if you go past a certain a certain point in a particular game, they give you these particular stamps. Well, there are five stamps for every game that's available right there. And you got, like, 30 games available. So, that's the thing. If you want to focus upon, like, a certain game like Battletoads, play through that, you basically can get all the stamps if you wanted to. But... I had a chance to just try out a couple of games, not only last night, but this morning as well. So, the games I tried out last night were Battletoads, obviously, and Battletoads the arcade game, which both of them played really well. And, you know what, they have... There's this feature that you can do inside each and every one of those games, besides the Xbox Live Arcade affiliated ones, where if you press the left trigger, you can pretty much rewind it, sort of like how you can rewind a VHS tape. (laughs) <laughs> so it goes back from uh, from your mistake, you rewind it, and then all of a sudden it's like you can go through and play through the process that you can do. But uh, you can actually get certain achievement points from not doing stuff like that. So they are trying to get you to try to play the game how it originally was. But at the same time, if you're just somebody like me that just wants to play through a game and never had a chance to beat it, so like a Battletoads, this feature is really invaluable. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Battletoads. Oh yeah, not just Battletoads. I mean, any type of safe, 
like any type of like save function, you know, like uh, save states or something like that. They are really needed for a lot of those older games because you would spend months, and I mean months, playing, memorizing, mastering certain aspects of a game. <laughs> but uh, the other game I got a chance to play today was uh, the original Banjo-Kazooie, which, like I said, is a game that was on the Xbox Live Arcade for the 360. So that game, along with a couple of a uh, handful of others... You can download them onto your Xbox One, and they are the exact arcade games as the 360. So all their achievements, all of their like graphics and like uh, you know buff ups that they had on those versions are present on your Xbox One. So for example, if say you buy Rare Replay and you have the games previously on your other accounts and stuff, you could just download them because they are backwards compatible thanks to like the new backwards compatibility that Microsoft's putting out. Yeah, I think it's like any game that was like either an Xbox 360 game or an um, XBLA game, you have to download it onto your... Um, onto your... Uh, you, to, you basically have to install it into your console. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much that's what you, exactly what you have to do. I mean, I haven't tried it for like original like 360 games, but for the Rare Replay stuff, I mean, it works really well. I'm really surprised that they were able to emulate a lot of the you know, the actual Xbox 360 stuff, considering that that they said at the first place it was supposed to be pretty much harder from what uh, other stuff they've done. But, yeah, let's see. Other than that, I still need to go through a little bit more stuff. So, anyway, <laughs> what else have you been playing other than the game we both share? Um, <laughs> Tyler? So we talked about a little bit last week, and I'll keep it quick. Uh, but Limbo is the is finally on PS4 and it is uh, free this month for PlayStation Plus members. Um, so I decided to go ahead and go back through that game. I actually went through it about uh, one sitting actually. Oh wow! Um, it took me about maybe an hour and a half. Uh, wow! Yeah. So it went. <laughs> I think when I beat it the first time on XBLA, it was like it took me like four hours to beat it. And this <laughs> time, this one, I actually like. I remember. I'm surprised how much like stuff I remember, but like. I don't like if I just thought back to it. Like I didn't remember. Like I, I remember like bits and pieces of the game. I remember like I remember. I'm, you know, I remember like the spider. The first time you saw the spider, I'm in limbo. Um, it's probably one of my favorite moments of last generation. Yeah. Like, just the, the the how scared I. Excuse me. How scared I was when I um, when that spider just like you just see like the legs moving. It looks like a tree limb. Yep. It just stabs you. You're dead. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's a few, there's moments that stick out, you know, but it's just like, once I, I went through it, like, I started playing it, I'm like, oh, hey, I remember, like, because it's a puzzle platformer, um, and it has a lot, deals a lot with, also with physics, um, and, um, so kind of going through it, I started remembering, like, oh, I remember having to do something with this, and I was actually, like, confusing myself more times than not, where, like, I remember I had to do something with, like, hey, I had, I had to pull this, this bar over to, like, hold this ramp from, like, hold this ramp down, and, but it's like, oh, wait, there's like three more steps I had to do before I get to that point. So I was actually like screwing myself up because I knew I had to do this, but I was so focused on doing that one thing. I didn't like pay attention to uh-huh. everything else was in my surroundings. So it, right. in some cases it was easier, especially at the first half of the game. I flew right through it. In the latter half, it's like, I remember like I had, I had a lot more of those issues, but it's just, it's a fantastic game. It holds up very well to, you know, even I think four years later, maybe five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like I said, it's a great puzzle platformer. It's free on uh, PlayStation Plus. I don't know how much it is normally, but whatever it costs, just if you haven't played it yet, just buy it. It's worth. I the think money. it was still like about fifteen or so bucks on like uh, the actual you know PSN. Oh, was it really? I mean, that's what I paid for on XBLA. I I gladly would have paid another fifteen dollars for this game. It's, it, was, it was fun. Um, kind of to fly through again and play. Um, just like just the setting of it, where it's just it's just black and white. Uh, the your character. There's no story. You just like wake up in this uh, on, on the on the ground, and you're just. It's just like a, it's just a dark character. It's just uh, it, he's just. It's a shadow, and you just see his white eyes, and that's all that your character is. And they don't really tell you. There's no story. They don't really tell you anything. And it's just like you're just trying to solve these puzzles and survive. And and at the end, like minor spoiler, you find. We're not even talking about Nintendo. Why is your plane flying over my head? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's just like at the end, like minor. I guess minor spoiler for a game that has no story. You you find this girl. You don't know if maybe it could be your sister, could be your mom, could be your girlfriend, your wife, whatever. Uh, but it's just perfect the way the game is. You don't. I didn't even need that. The game could just end it. And I'd be happy. Um, but no, it's still one of the probably one of my favorite games of last generation. Um, and still one of the most enjoyable um, game experiences I've had this year. Like it rivals Journey. Like I, I kind of Limbo is one of those games I wish I can erase like my my memory of it. If I had the Men in Black, you know, this thing I could just like flash my eyes and like forget Limbo just to play that game again for the first time. Because that was just one of my favorite, like one of my favorite experiences. Like it's just like what I talked about with Journey. It's just like Journey was just an awesome experience. And I think Limbo is is it was as well the first time I went through it. But like I said, fantastic game. If you haven't played it, even if you have played it, check it out. It's free uh, for most people. I recommend that too. Yeah. So yeah, but moving on to the game we both played. Uh, this game came out on Friday. Literally no advertisement. You couldn't. I had to like search this in the PlayStation Store. There was no. <laughs> I even looked in the new section, new games. It wasn't on there. There was no advertisement in the store. There was nothing yep. online about it. Like no, none of the sites talked about it. It just appeared. Exactly. It was just we were just totally blindsided by this game release, pretty yeah. much. Well, so the game we're talking about is Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of Duelists. But so kind of going back a couple weeks, I sent you and Jake a message a few weeks ago, and it was just like, "Hey, this game's coming like any day now." Um, I just like I was sitting, um, just sitting at work, and I'm just like. Yeah, I wonder if they're making a Yu-Gi-Oh game for like the new consoles because it's been a couple of years. <laughs> we're almost two years into the gener- into the new generation, and yep. we haven't got a Yu-Gi-Oh game, which is weird because I mean we had I think two or three on the last generation. So I just yeah, we did. I just did a Google search of Yu-Gi-Oh PS4 Xbox One, and like this game popped up. They announced it like back in like April or May, but there was like I saw no publicity for it then. Like I just found it on Konami's website, yep. and then like. I did some more research and found out this game was coming like any day now, and then it was just like this past. It came out last Friday, um, and on f- like literally Friday at work, I'm just like, I wonder what's going on with that Yu-Gi-Oh game. So I just like I did another Google search and like all the games out today. So I sent you and Jake a message, <laughs> and like oh sweet, you're like you're like I'm I'm getting a demo now, and Jake's like I'm buying it now, and I went home and I downloaded it. Um, but no, I think you bought it right. I did buy it too. Okay, and I bought it on the PS4. Jake actually bought it on the Xbox One, 
and bought it bought it again on the PS4 to play with us. <laughs> I hate to break it to him he, if he's listening. He's not listening, but in case he is, I'm probably not going to play with him because if I've learned anything playing Yu-Gi-Oh games with the guy, he's no fun. <laughs> he's the type of now. Here's the thing. He's the type of guy that uh, if you want to play something with him, or if he's like, uh, if you don't know it too well, or something, yeah, he's the type of dude that's going to be a jerk. Yes. So he, he's no fun because like we play. We if you listen to like the first like ten episodes of our uh, of our podcast when we were drunk dash nerds, like he was he was still really big into that game. We both were playing it quite a bit, and it's just like he had like all the best cards in the game. So, like, yeah. he had, like, 20 decks that were better than my main deck. And he would just kill you. And, like, he, but he would, like, he'd have you beat in, like, three turns. But he'd just drag the game on for, like, 20 minutes just so he can play certain cards. Because he wanted to beat you a certain way. <laughs> like, he couldn't beat you <laughs> with just with just beat you. He had to beat you a certain way. You know, the only difference was when I actually got a chance to play him a few times. And I would actually be the one who was beating him. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did have some decent decks, be, though, but... To be fair, to be you fair. you played him on the PS3, though. Well, yeah, that's very true, I too. I played him on the 360, where he'd been playing that game for over a year, and had literally yeah. every single card in the game. Which uh, kind of surprises me, to a certain extent, Tyler, because the Yu-Gi-Oh! game, both of those Yu-Gi-Oh! games that released on Xbox Live Arcade and later the PlayStation 3... They were bare bones. Mm-hmm. He had to have literally have grinded the entire year to get all those cards that he had. As a opposition to, say, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duels and stuff, where you actually get the chance to not only earn a lot of the points to buy booster packs, something that was sorely missing from those other versions, yeah. but you can actually get upwards to, like, about three to six cards? Yeah, like, so... every time you duel? This is, this is the Yu-Gi-Oh! game... I mean, it's not the Yu-Gi-Oh game I wanted. Like, I like the ones in the Game Boy Advance and the DS, where it was like a kind of a you know, it was actually a world you were in, and you yeah. walk around. There's a big story to it, but this one is like I think the closest we're probably ever going to get to them. I don't feel like we're going to get those anymore. Even the one in the 3DS that came out last year was kind of the same thing. It's just the, the battling part. There's no real story. There's no open world. No, not I shouldn't say open world, but there's no like hub world to be in. Um, but right. this is the closest I think we're gonna, I, to me. Where I'm going to get the Yu-Gi-Oh game I, I, I want. Where my biggest issue with the last Yu-Gi-Oh game we got on 360 and PS3 was that the game was really built to like... Because it had um, basically like microtransactions where you had to pay real yep. money to get uh, booster packs and, and card and card uh, starting starter decks and stuff. Exactly. The best way to think about it is it was like a kind of structured title about kind of like a free-to-play game, mm-hmm. only you had to pay like about 15 or 20 bucks for the fucking game itself. Yeah, I think it was 10 or 15 for the game, but then you had yeah. to pay. But if you really wanted to be good at the game, like you had to pay real money. Or They had like about 10 or 15 different types of like deck stuff that you could buy for like about like five to seven bucks a piece. Yep. It was ridiculous. And this one does too. It has... The day one, I had four um, different starter decks you can buy um, at five bucks a piece, which is kind of ridiculous. Oh no, yeah, there was yeah. four, but each one came with two starter decks. So they had about like at least twenty dollars worth of DLC on day one. Yep. that had like two preconstructed like uh, decks and stuff representing each individual saga for Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, from like the Duelist Kingdom all the way to Zexel. Yep. But uh, at the same time, though. And to be perfectly honest, though, all those cards and stuff you don't really need to buy as well because you can just earn them in the game itself. Yep. <laughs> so, and that's that's kind of what I like about it. It's not. It doesn't feel cheap. Like where the game was like 
the one on 360 PS3 was extremely hard, and it was just like, and I, I've had some rage moments on the podcast way back when, where it's just like I would play these guys, and like like we do like the the single player stuff, and like you play the guy, and like the same he do the same thing. His first yep. moves would be exactly the same every single turn. He'd have, and it was just and like he'd have five monsters on the field in the first turn. Oh, and it was my just God. like there's no way you can win, and it was just unless you had like a perfect counter to the guy. But in order, in order to get the perfect counter, you had the perfect cards, you had to draw the perfect cards at the right time, and you couldn't get the perfect cards without beating these guys. So you had to buy the decks and the pay microtransactions to get the better cards. So yep. this one, jumping into Legacy of the Duelist, is a much more fair and balanced game where, and it's really cool where, so there's five Yu-Gi-Oh! TV shows, which I didn't know about. I knew I knew about three. I knew about Yu-Gi-Oh! obviously, uh, GX, and then 5DS, which I I never even finished the regular the, the original Yu-Gi-Oh! show. Um, <laughs> but it, it's really cool. So there's the five TV shows, and you yep. actually go, they pick like 25 to 30 battles from each TV show. Oh, wow. And you play through them, whoever, like, through, like, you, like so the, I only, I played through the Yu-Gi-Oh! one, I'm almost done with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, GX. Um, so, you go through, and, like, you'll, it starts, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, the original TV show, you'll start off with, like, you know, um, you facing Kaiba in the first episode. Yep. And you'll beat him, and then you go on to Duel's Kingdom, and then it skips to season two with um, the Battle the Battle City Tournament. Oh yeah, the, the battle city. It's weird because it goes to the battle city uh, tournament, which was season three, um, and the finals, which was all took the, like the first three seasons. There's five seasons of the show, by the way, and it skips to like the last battle with Yugi and Yugi, um, Yami and Yugi. So it goes straight. Wait, what? The, it goes straight from the battle city finals match with you and um, what's the guy's name? Uh, from you and Merrick, pretty much. Merrick, yeah. It goes from that one, which is like the end of season three. To the very last battle between Yami and Yugi, which is the oh. last, the very last battle in the, the TV show. Oh, that's bullshit itself. Be- it's... Be- because that last, the last like season arcs and stuff had a lot of good, like uh, interesting dual things as well. You know, not just like just you know Yugi and then Yami Yugi and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, but it skips like everything goes straight to that. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of fun because it does like give you. There's no like voice acting. It's just like. They just tell you the story. Um, it kind of just like it's just still screenshots with like the text. You read the text, and it just kind of it gives you like sum- summarizes what ha- kind of what happened in between these battles. Yeah, um, and it's also cool. So like you always you always play as a winning duelist of those matches. So you might play as Joey or Kaiba or Yugi, and then you can also mm-hmm. do reverse duels where you play as the other guy. After you beat it, you can play as the other guy, and as you as you win matches with these characters, you unlock, like, uh, you can make, you, when you create your own deck, you, um, you can make him, like, the logo of your deck, and you also unlock, like, um, whoever the, the losing duelist was, you unlock, like, some of his key cards from that, um, that deck. And it's also yeah. a cool thing I forgot to mention in the main, the single player stuff is that you can either use, when you go into these battles, you can either use a story deck, so the deck that was used in the TV show and those episodes of the duel, or you can yep. use your own your own deck. Which That's really I, cool. Yeah, so I, I played through the, the majority of the Yu-Gi-Oh! one um, with the story decks, because it's kind of cool to kind of play and do the same. Because like, I still remember a lot of the TV show, and it's weird because I haven't watched the show in like 15 years. 
Um, but I still remember a lot of like I still remember like there's a lot of the strategies and what happens in some of those 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 duels. So it's kind of oh, cool yeah. to reenact those, I guess, as a fan of that show. Um, but no, it's a lot of fun. It's actually it's fairly easy at points. Like there's certain duelists that are like pretty tough. They have like really good strategies and stuff. Oh my god, you're them. telling me, Jesus. So what what are, your, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, you know what? So far, I'm very surprised with the amount of depth that's inside this game because. For every other Yu-Gi-Oh game that I've played, there hasn't been exactly that amount of depth it is mm-hmm. inside a single-player experience, unlike this campaign mode. I mean, this is this is possibly the largest campaign mode I think I've actually went through and seen from a Yu-Gi-Oh game perspective. But uh, like you were saying about certain like games, like certain like even campaign modes where some of the duelists are very hard. Oh my gosh, I was playing a bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel and stuff. There's this one character that, uh, he's like the second challenge and stuff like that of the the Zexel stuff where you have to somehow get past this guy because he basically has a lockdown deck where he's using cards like Gravity Bind, which, you know, it switches, it doesn't switch, but it for any, like, a monster of, like, level 4 or higher, they can't attack for... They also has like level limit, like level limit area B, which any monster that's a level four or higher is switched to defense mode. It's basically a lockdown deck to where any monster that's over fifteen, that's like fifteen hundred attack or above, or is level four and above, cannot do anything against them. It's like the crush card, like Kaiba used to use in the TV not show. Not like no, not like that at all. Not no crush cards or anything like that. But it's kind of the same. Where like anything over fifteen hundred attack points couldn't. Well, this is exactly how. Yeah. This deck works pretty much. It has Gravity Bind. It has Level Limit Area B. It's got cards like Stealth Bird, which uh, it's a it's one of those cards where once you summon it on the field or something like that, you can flip it face back, you know, face down on the main phase, then reflip it and do like damage and stuff. So he's got like Swarm of Scarabs. He's got like all these all these type of cards and stuff that's going to chip away at you. So yeah. the deck you're given has pretty much any type of uh, monster that's like level 3 or below, that uh, is supposed to, you know, not only build upon, like, uh, XYZ summoning, which that's one of those new mechanics inside this game as well, because you have, like, it goes into every single one of the summon stuff. So in this particular portion, it's like an XYZ summoning thing where you have to have a specific amount of monster cards that are equivalent to, say, like, a level 3 or maybe, like, a level 5 or a level 7, you have to sacrifice them. You summon the XYZ monster. I believe they're placed inside the fusion deck zone, like with the other like uh, cards. Because God, there's so many, there's so many places where you can actually summon cards now, and that's way different than what I started off doing 15 or maybe so years ago when I was in high school. Yeah, I'm but, like super uh, confused about the, like some of the new rules in the game. It's just like, well, yeah. I'm like, when the hell they add this? I, 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 I'm like, I remember the polymerization was a big deal, and then like they have all these other like, <laughs> uh, like I stopped like watching a TV show. I stopped playing the card game, and like, fuck, I don't know. Probably, I mean, a couple of years after this, after this, it became a big thing. Like, I wasn't a big fan of, I wasn't a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh for very long, as far as the TV show. And I, I used to go to the tournaments when I was a kid, but I stopped after yeah. you know a couple of years. So. Well, let's see. I stopped playing the Yu-Gi-Oh! the card game like around 2007, which was like right in the middle of the whole Yu-Gi-Oh! GX stuff. Yeah. I was out of high school. I didn't have anybody to play, so it really didn't make much sense for me to buy, keep on buying the cards for myself. Yeah. So 
I went ahead, you know, I am fairly confident when it comes to playing Yu-Gi-Oh, like the card game itself, but going th- forth in this particular battle, it's just getting used to not only the synchro summoning, but in later things, you gotta do XYZ summoning, like pendulum summons, it's like, it's it's kind of much, though, but yeah, once you do play them enough times, you your brain starts to get wired to get used to them. But it took me about two, no, it took me about three or four times to beat this one dude called Trip or something, the the second person inside the campaign of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel. But, uh, but yet, the game itself, I feel, is very good, actually. Because not only do you have options to make your own deck with any type of cards, it actually has inventory slots where you can keep over, like, say, 20 decks, right? Structure them the way you want them to be. And pretty much, if you want to go through and have a deck that specializes in, like, summoning Exodia, like, say, how you would, like, say, in the first, like, the first act or something of the original Yu-Gi-Oh!, where you basically have cards like Heart of the Underdog, which would, like, make you draw more cards if you drew, like, say, a normal-type monster, like, in a particular turn. Which kind of happened with me, because I sort of had a, I sort of had, like, a little moment, too, where I beat Kaiba, the first thing the same that the same way that Yugi would beat him in the first episode of the original Yu-Gi-Oh, where I drew Exodia. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> I did the same thing. Well, and actually, the toughest duel I've had so far um, in a single player was, um, he's the, ga- the guy you face in the Battle City tournament, um, where the guy has, like, three of each Exodias in his deck. I don't three remember that. each Exodias in his deck. Yeah, he has, you know, he has, like, three arms, three legs, you know, he has all, he has... 15 basically he has 40 cards 15 of them are zodia pieces and the thing oh about if you God. don't know if you if you draw like exodia is like if you draw off um he's five pieces there's left arm left leg left yep. um you know whatever so and then plus his head um and if you draw all five you automatically win yeah so one of the hardest duels i've had so far in this game was actually against the guy in battle City tournament he's about midway through the regular the original Yu-Gi-Oh um storyline where he, he has a stall deck, where basically he just prevents you from attacking him, and he he plays like Swords Revealing Light, and a lot of those where you can't attack him are, um, he, he has a lot of cards that mm. lets him draw more. So he just, like, it's a stall tactic, where he just kind of prevents you, he just pushes you off for as long, he doesn't play really any monsters, he never attacks you once. And it's cool where the AI is actually smart, where they, like, they actually follow the strategy of their cards. Exactly. Um, it's like it's not like you know they'll, they'll play like this guy he'll play defense and then like you might play another guy and this guy might play he's more offensive. It's like every yep. duel is different, which is really cool because like I I have no interest in like owning a brick and mortar um, Yu Gi Oh deck. Like those <laughs> those days are way behind me. That's really expensive. That's a lot of time and investment and dealing with that and then like going to tournaments and stuff like that. This is the way I want to play it. Um, I was really disappointed with like last generation's game. Um, but this, like I said, this is like the closest I'm ever get to a perfect Yu-Gi-Oh game for me. Um, I play the, I probably put 10, 15 hours in this game already and I'm not yep. done. I'm only midway through, um, you know, the second campaign. I'm going through it in order. Um, I've done a few games online. Uh, it's kind of hard to find a game online, sadly. Like, <laughs> I checked Saturday afternoon and there was three people online or there was two people online. Three, if you include me, and those other two guys were playing each other. 
So, <laughs> so more times that every time I look to go play somebody, there's all yeah, there's like a few people online. So I don't know how well this game is selling. It oh might be my because gosh. there's not many Yu-Gi-Oh fans anymore. It might be because it freaking advertised this game came out. They probably yeah. never advertised it. That's probably one of the reasons why. But it's on the storefront. It's like one of the newest games released and the stuff like that. So I really don't have a clue why you would not have so many people actually playing this game if yeah. they are so forth like so-called Yu-Gi-Oh fans. You know. Yeah, it's just kind of like I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even know about this game being out until unless I want to look like Google Yu-Gi-Oh PS4 Xbox One. But you know it's you know it's funny. I think I think Konami, like the the company that actually put out this game, probably anticipated this because of their last Yu-Gi-Oh games that they had that had online features. So they probably because you have like achievement stuff where it's like okay you can like win your first match, win your first ranked match, and that's it. There's yeah. like two achievements tied to online. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Like you could basically you can you can this is an easy platinum really. Like, all you gotta do is really beat the main campaign, and you're gonna unlock pretty much all of the trophies or achievements in this game. Yep. And then there's this, like, yeah, I, like, I got the trophy for winning unranked match, um, and then I just gotta play, if I can find people in rank mode, I'll play a rank match. Uh, <laughs> that's hard to do right now. Um, but no, like, it's 20 bucks, that's the only big, I, I guess the biggest issue for me was that initially, for me right now, it's worth the 20 bucks, the amount of time and enjoyment I've got out of it. But I, this game, you know, if it, it could have been a little cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty bare bones game, as far as like there's not. It's just you know, there's no there's no hub world. There's nothing. It's just like next battle, next battle, next battle. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's I think if if you include reverse duels of playing you know the other guy, there's over 200 single player duels in the game. Honestly, to tell you the truth, this is what I pretty much expect from a Yu-Gi-Oh game because mm-hmm. even the best ones that I've played. Say like barring like like the best ones that I played maybe like on the Game Boy Advance and even on the DS, they were all kind of structured sort of like this where they never had like say like a big old overworld but they had the exact same time of like uh, cutouts and stuff the you know the same type of graphics the same type of layout and stuff where you go from duel to duel to duel, but for this one this is the biggest game I feel of the entire Yu-Gi-Oh stuff that's come out before yep. and it actually is really reminiscent of the actual card game itself. Yep. The current card game. Not something that's like a year or two old. Something that was actually like uh, legitimately you can go out, maybe get the cards, maybe play the cards if you wanted to at a tournament. That's the type of game that has been sorely missing from actual good Yu-Gi-Oh! games and stuff like that for the past five years or even longer than that. Yeah. Because look at... Because, yeah. Go ahead. You're fine. But like... I'm just remembering, like, say, the first actual Yu-Gi-Oh! game that came out was Forbidden Memories, I think. Oh, it was either God. that or... It was either Forbidden Memories or the Game Boy Color game. It was Forbidden I Memories. I, for PS1, I had that game. So did I. And that's the thing about it, though. You get up to the, about the final battle and you could not win because the guy would summon, like, actually normal summon without tributing. And this is like... This had no type of common sense in terms of, like... uh you know, the card game itself. So there's no effect monsters. There's well, there's probably is effect monsters, like a couple of them. But when you go off to the last duel, you cannot win because the guy is summoning Gate Guardian like off the fucking like get go. And we're talking yeah. about a, a monster that has like thirty seven hundred like attack. <laughs> yeah, it, that's the biggest issue. Uh, like there were so many games, especially in the beginning of Yu Gi Oh, where it's just like 
you go to play, like, you buy the video game version of it. Yep. And, like, they would just be, like, weird offshoots of, like, they, like you just want to play the Yu-Gi-Oh! card game. Exactly. And, like, but the rule, it's just a completely different card game you're playing. Like, yeah, even, exactly. They even made, like, a weird, like, card game slash chess um, yep. game on PS2. I can't remember if that one was called. They had one. Like, I think it was, like, uh, Caps. That wasn't Capsule Monsters, wasn't it? I can't remember what. I, remember I, think it, I think it was Capsule Monsters. Now that I think about it, because that was on PS2. There's actually Duelist of Roses, which is on PS2 as that well. That was piece of shit too. I think uh, that's what you're talking about. There was yeah, there was there was plus there was the one on the GameCube that was really Falseborn weird. Kingdom. That was yeah, another one. Yeah, I actually own that one. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. I think you... it's kind of underrated for some bits of what it was, you know, because yeah. it's it's like it's sort of reminiscent to say like an RTS type of experience. Yeah, but it's just like you want to you want to play Yu Gi Oh. You don't want to you don't want anything else. And like I, I'm happy. God, like... man. Speaking of bad Yu Gi Oh games, there was a couple of duds for the Game Boy Advance too. Yeah, and, you know what? I I along with every like a lot of other kids growing up like in the late like the early two thousands too. We got into Yu Gi Oh. We got into it hard. We got the cards. We got this. It's it's sort of like how people were playing a lot of Pokemon as well. Yeah. But the thing about it was. I I got almost every single one of those Yu-Gi-Oh games. I beat a lot of those games too. As and I. some of, and some of them were fucking shit. Yeah. Sacred what? Cards. That was not that great of a game. But I yet beat I could that play one. through it. I I actually could play through and beat that one. Rashif of Destruction. That was a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that were great on the Game Boy Advance the World Championship ones. I was going to mention that like they had like 3 or 4 years in a row they had the World Championship edition. Which yeah. were just awesome. Like that was yeah. the Yu Gi Oh game. Like, and that's kind of what I've been wanting for like almost a decade now. Was like the World Championship Edition. Like, just make that again. And and that's basically what this is. And it's just it, it, it's a more more of that, which I'm 100 percent okay with. Took about ten years, but yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah, took about ten years and five or six crappy Yu Gi Oh games. We got it. And it could be maybe the one of the last ones by Konami. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering because I mean, I, I imagine these games aren't selling super well. But I mean, it'd be, like I said, it could help if they oh, no. actually advertise it once in a while. Oh no, not at all, man. Konami's at that certain point, man, where they're just putting out what the hell is going to make money. Either their their pachinko machine stuff, Metal Gear Solid, or like FIFA, not FIFA, but like uh, Pro Evolution Soccer, I should say. Yeah, and. But- uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! was a freaking cash cow for them for the past 10 years. Yeah, I mean, the last 15 years. But yep. At least advertise it. Put a press release out or something. Like, nobody even, like, there's no reviews. that Nobody's reviewing it. Like, nobody's I Nobody's going like, to review it. Well, I, you figured someone would, like, at least someone talk about it. Like, nobody on, I looked on IGN, GameSpot, uh, Kotaku. I looked at all the big freaking, like, gaming websites out there, and there was not a single mention about it. No, not a single mention and not even a single review upon the game. Yu-Gi-Oh! as a card game has been traditionally rated as poorly by people because, you know, from major game sites, it's because, for one, it's like, a lot of those games, you know, they're not that particularly great. Yeah. And a lot of them don't understand what the fuck the card game is to begin with, so it's like... Well, yeah, but I mean, like, at least, like, a press release out there saying, hey, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of Duels is is out on PS4 and Xbox One today, yeah, or this week or whatever. Like, so I'm just, I'm just shocked. That, like, they at least didn't like no one at least did that. But we spent a lot of time talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. I think maybe yeah. it's time to move on. Okay, because we have a lot to talk about. And this is uh, all without Jake too. Yeah, I mean, figures <laughs> we finally a Yu-Gi-Oh game finally comes out that I like and want to talk about, and Jake's not here. 
Yeah. It took Jake to, to quit the podcast for for me to find like Yu-Gi-Oh again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this would be uh, so sad if he was listening right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, but he's not. He's dead. Um, <laughs> move, sorry. Moving on to our, our moving on to some of our topics here because we got there's quite a bit going on this this week. Um, we'll kind of just jump into. Should we jump into the Gamescom stuff first? Might as big, well. Get the big stuff out of the way, I guess. Let's get the big stuff out of the way, and we can just blitz through the major announcements. Yep. Um, so, uh, Gamescom was obviously Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Microsoft and EA were there and had some pretty good press conferences. Um, first up on Tuesday, we had uh, Microsoft. I, w- I had some issues with my internet, so I wasn't able to watch it. So, mm-hmm. I, um, live anyways. I went I went ahead and just watched, kind of broke up the pieces on, um, on YouTube. Um, but they talked uh, quite a, about a lot of stuff. They had um, we had a about five minute gameplay trailer for uh, Quantum Break, which was cool. Um, yep, a five minute demo of Platinum Scalebound. Oh, yeah. uh, we also had Halo Wars Two was announced. Uh, yeah. Crackdown Three had some gameplay out there. Um, those were, I think that's pretty much big stuff. Obviously, and then they had like the Halo Five Guardian Xbox One announcement. Yeah. Um, but this was the big stuff announced. Um, was anything in this that you thought blew you away, you liked? What were your overall thoughts and opinions on some of the stuff that was shown? Well, you know what? I really I really was surprised that there's a sequel to Halo Wars. Yeah, you know? I know, because, right? because for one, that's an RTS game that really was very much underrated when it came out last generation. Yeah. I'm, this was in between, like, say, Halo 2, Halo 3, maybe? I think it was. So... I'm not too sure whether or not it was. I think it was after, after Halo, Halo 3. Three. It must have been. It was. It was that weird phase where we had like a Halo game every year for like six years in a row. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I'm really surprised upon that, and I'm really excited though for both Scalebound and for Quantum Break. I mean, the gameplay for Quantum Break it looks like a reminiscent thing of, uh, you know, like the freezing type of like gameplay certain things when you go into like Dead Eye mode for Red mm-hmm. like Red Dead Redemption. And, like, maybe, like, the freezable moments say, from Max Payne. Yep. You know, when you're going through bullet time mode and all this other stuff. It just basically looks like the gameplay is where you can just freeze, like, certain aspects and then just go forth, hack away. Not, like, just hack away, but, like, uh, battle enemies, do this, do that. The game, the story mode for it looks really interesting, too, I would say. And what's the most important part about it is it officially has a release date, so. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Uh, it's spring, isn't it? Like spring 2016, I believe I can't it is. The, can't remember the date now, off the top of my head. No, um, I'm kind of with you on Quantum Break. I, I um, to some extent, I feel it looks interesting. Uh, they they saw the TV show coming out. I, yep. I feel I, I, it looks the the gameplay looks kind of fun with the whole freezing. Um, but I feel like that's gonna it's it's gonna they're gonna this game's gonna be built heavily on that game mechanic. Probably. And I feel like it's going to get very boring very quickly. Well, who knows? Maybe. I mean, that's very much a possibility. I mean, that's we've seen it before when game mechanics have been the sole purpose yeah. of uh, the experience, and it has not been able to work for that uh, particular point. Oh, God, I'm trying to remember the last one that did that. <laughs> Was it Beyond well, Two Souls? I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... I, I it's a th- it's a third person cover shooter which I'm I'm a fan of those kind of games like Gears of War obviously yeah. and Uncharted, um, 
put on. I don't know. I mean, this game is very much heavily based on that game mechanic. Yep. And um, the story. So I think those are going to be the two biggest um, things when this game comes out is like as much as much time and effort they put into the story. The story's got to be great. And then that game, the gameplay mechanic has got to help. Has got to hold up. You know um, what? I'm kind of uh, excited though for a Crackdown Three though. Oh I really? Mean, I mean, Crackdown Three. Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, we were seeing a bunch of pre-alpha footage and stuff like that, but uh, they're toting that it's going to be all like 100% destructible environments. Mm-hmm. For that's that game. online only, though. That's online only. Yep. Oh my god! If that was actually in the middle of the game and stuff, where you're just going through the single player mode, you just topple over a couple dozen buildings and stuff where you're running away that would be fucking insane yeah <laughs> but obviously that would like you you would destroy like the game like though because <laughs> people would just immediately destroy every building in the in the entire game and just be a giant flat surface oh my god could you just imagine though that actually occurring that would not be very fun <laughs> no it, it's, a, it's, it's a cool idea in theory but yeah it wouldn't work out very well but I'll tell you what, though I'm in. I'm pretty much in the mood for another crackdown. So <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. I think it's been seven years, maybe six years. Well, that's the thing. I played through Crackdown, the original one. I didn't not get a. I didn't even play the second one. No one. I did. don't even remember. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. The people that did play that played it did hated it. Yeah. I don't know. I I played Crackdown when I first got my 360, and it just never kind of got me. Like it, it's a, it's a fun like. I feel like that game, it was a cool idea, and there's some cool stuff behind it, but I just, like, Saints Row th- the Third and Saints Row the Fourth, like, took that and just made it, it was incredible. I so agree I, with you. I, it, I, it, yeah. It was just was, basic, it was just basically the beta, it was the whole game and stuff of the beta for Halo 3, though, pretty much. Yeah, that's, it's funny, because no, no one really cared about Crackdown, they just wanted to play, because it, it came with the Halo 3 beta code in it. Yep. So everybody bought Crackdown to play Halo Three, the Halo Three beta, but it ended up like that was probably the best thing that happened because Crackdown ended up being like it's a lot of people a great game and it's a good game. There's no really to me, I it just wasn't my game, but I could tell it's a really it's I, I know it's a good game. It's one of those for me. Right. Where it's like I didn't enjoy it, but I know I can understand what I what I played of it why people like that game. Um, so I can understand the, the excitement for Crackdown Three. I I know. That's not going to be... I've been, like, I've been talking about for a couple of years now. It's like, I'm looking for a reason to buy an Xbox One. This isn't it. Um, I feel like Gears 4 and Quantum Break could be it. Yeah. Potentially, maybe. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I, I'm interested in Quantum Break. I, that game's definitely going to be one of those ones where I'm going to kind of like... I got the wait-and-see approach on. Um, Halo Wars 2, I'm, I was shocked to see that there's a second one. That game came out and it came out to middling reviews a lot of sevens um, yeah. some eights um, out there it was like i heard it was it, from i never played it i'm never big into i've never really been big into like those like starcraft rts kind of games um but from what people have said about it is it's a it's a comparable um console rts game yeah like obviously like starcraft is like the, the be all end all of rts games but it's on a pc right so it's at that it, like a RTS game on the consoles cannot compare to a game to a RTS game on the PC, but from what everybody from what I heard about the game or reading about the game, I was just like for for an RTS on the consoles, it wasn't bad, right? Which is probably the best you can give an RTS game on the consoles. Um, but no, I mean that's cool. It's a Halo game, so it's probably gonna, it's it's going to sell well. 
Yeah. Um, I didn't. I don't know how much actual fanfare there out was out there for it, but it sounds like I've read some a couple, a lot of negatives, a lot, a lot of positives. Probably fifty fifty on Halo Wars two. Um, I thought the most interesting game out of uh, theirs that they were shown was Scalebound, though. Yeah. Yeah, that really was one of the other games that I was interested in looking at, too. Yeah. It's by Platinum Games. They have the whole aspect of, like, doing a hack and slash. It sort of kind of reminded me of Brutal Legends in a way, because, for one, you're having a gameplay element where you're basically playing, like, a third-person sort of action game, and you're directing your, like, dragon to go and attack certain, like, uh, enemies, attack certain, like, structures and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I thought it looked... Look pretty cool. I mean, Platinum uh, makes I like their game mechanic. Yep. Um, as far as the hack and slash goes, it's they're hack and slash, but they also have some cool like powers and techniques they do the game where it doesn't feel like I'm just mashing the um, you know the X button or the O button or the B button or whatever. Yeah. Um, over and over again. Um, it's not got a war. So <laughs> I, I like their games. Um, this game looks really really good. This is probably like if. Like, this is the game I'm most interested in outside of Gears 4 for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the gameplay trailer I saw, I, I loved it. Um, just kind of, and it's also going to, it looks like four-player co-op as well. Um, that looks really cool. So, from what we saw, it looks excellent. Um, it's it's a platinum game, so you know it's probably going to be fun with a crazy-ass story. Yep. Um, I, I like the fact that the character has, um, we're like in a medieval, it's a medieval kind of game where like we're using bows and swords uh, we had, and there's dragons but then he also has like Beats by Dre headphones he wears for the battles <laughs> which I don't like, I hope they made that as like a joke and they weren't taking like oh I think kids will actually like this I hope they made this like to, like on purpose as like kind of like they, they're in on the joke like <laughs> we're, we made this because we know it's stupid not because we think it's cool kind of thing so I love that <laughs> Um, so I'm pretty much sold on the game at this point. I'm, I'm do, if will I get an Xbox One for it? I don't know. Um, but this is, I mean, I'm at the like when this game comes out. I think next holiday season with yeah Gears Four and um, Scalebound coming out. Yeah, I'll I, I'll probably have an Xbox One by then. Actually, when I think about it. Um, but no, I thought a pretty good good showing. I, I thought um, Microsoft has done a really good job of. Focusing on games and showing some good stuff at E3 and Gamescom this year. I so agree. They've been doing a really great job this past few months. I mean, I agree with that. Plus, their E3 showing, they really have like nailed down like uh, finally what they were going to be doing with their Xbox One. Not only for this holiday season, but for the next year or two, they yep. look like they're very solid in a direction where they want to go. That's really surprising to me. Yep. I mean, they, you know, they obviously they struggled at the beginning with the TV stuff, but they have definitely done a great job of rebounding. Um, but moving on to the next thing, like I said, EA was also at Gamescom. They had their own press conference as well. Um, they showed off a new um, battle mode for um, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. It is called Fighter, Fighter Squadron. It's kind of uh, more of um, aerial battles where you're actually in like the ships. Uh, like Millennium Falcons and everything, like and X-Wings and things like that, and TIE Fighters. So that, that looks pretty cool. Um, we're also They showed off some more of Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, I'll skip in, in like a lot of a lot of sports stuff again. Um, they also announced another expansion for um, Sims 4, uh, some more characters for Star Wars, Knights of the Old, or Old, the Old Republic, not the, not the Knights of the Old Republic. Um, 
they also show off some more with Plants vs. Zombies uh, 2. And, of course, um, the game of 2016 on Yarny. Uh, or Unravel, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Yarny's <laughs> the character. Uh, but, yeah, my my 2015 prediction that Yarny or Unravel is the best game of 2016. <clears throat> so we got more of that. Uh, what did you think overall of their press conference? I didn't really have a chance to see remotely, like, the EA, like, like Gamescom's press conference and stuff like that. But from uh, what I've been seeing coming out of it, it really seems like... Uh, um. Well, it just really seems like it was just pretty much. It's not only like much. It was pretty much like pretty much the same that they had for their E three one. It sounds like. Yeah. From what I've been going forth and stuff, I am interested in trying Unraveled. I am interested in trying Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Kind of surprised there's no Mass Effect stuff though. Yeah, I imagine we're gonna see a lot from that. Like this next E three, I think that's when we're finally gonna see something of when we have to a Mass Effect. Um. Uh, God, what's it called? Four. We'll just call it four. Right, the four was called um, Andromeda. Andromeda. Thank you. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with theirs. Like you said, though, it's more the same. We didn't really. There was no announcements. There was. We just kind of got more videos, more information about the games we already knew about. They talked about E3. Uh, we got you know obviously the dogfight mode for uh, Star Wars Battlefront. No, I saw the trailer for that, and oh my gosh, dude! It's it really reminds me of Rogue Squadron and Rogue Leader, you know, because yeah. of the whole fuck all those all those various aerial battles, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm the biggest fan of dogfights. That was like one of the reasons I didn't really care for Battlefront Two as much as Battlefront One on the old um, Xbox and PS2. Uh, but a lot of people love those. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in that I'm that rare breed where I was more of a fan of Battlefront than Battlefront Two because people love the Battlefront Two's um, dogfight stuff. So mm-hmm. I can understand that. I think that's a big selling point. If you weren't already sold in this game, um, I don't understand how you're not now. If you're a fan of the original Battlefronts, um, Metal or Metal uh, Mirror's Edge. I almost said Metal Gear Solid. Mirror's Edge <laughs> Catalyst. I, we're less than a month away, man. I'm excited. Uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, got some more video of that. This game I have lost interest in the more I hear about it. <laughs> um, where I was, I loved Mirror's Edge for what it was. I loved it. Was just like it was very much you know close close quarters, um, just run point A to B, and I liked that for what it was. And this one being open world. I feel like um, it's going to get very boring very soon because it's going to be more. It's just, this is all it's going to be is just parkour stuff. There's going to be you can't have, you don't shoot or anything in this game. It's just going to be very minimal uh, combat. So I feel like this game, if you want to do a lot of side stuff, it's going to get very boring very quickly. I wish they would just give us more of what Mirror's Edge One was. Uh, Unravel. Uh, I like I said, it's my prediction to be my favorite game of next year. If not, it's going to be at the top. Yeah, uh, it's coming out early 2016. It sounds like uh, we got more uh, got a gameplay trailer for the game. It's a 2D side scroller. Um, it looks fucking adorable. <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited for this game. I, I cannot wait. Um, I-, I wish I could play that game now, but uh, no. I- like I said, it-, it was fine for what it was. Nothing big came out of it. I I enjoyed these these two press conferences quite a bit. Where we didn't really, I mean, other than Halo Wars two, we didn't really get any surprises. Right. It was just kind of more information on games we knew existed, which I think these are fine for what they are. Like E three is where you get all the big stuff announced, and then like we have these smaller events throughout the year, like the mm-hmm. Gamescom and the Tokyo, Tokyo Game Show and things of that nature, where they just kind of give you more info on the games you know about. So right. 
that's what this was. It was fine for what it was. It's you know it's it's great to see some information that because we have been uh, we've had very little information the last couple months since E3 really um, as far as news goes. But this week has been really different. Um, a lot of news this mm-hmm. week. Um, it's much, August. Yeah, it's like nothing's happened in like two months, and then like everything news wise has happened this week. All right, but like I said, we have a lot of news going on this week. So. Moving on to our next topic, uh, there are some big changes coming in um, Destiny. It's a weird sentence, really. Changes <laughs> in Destiny doesn't really make sense. There's always um, changes in Destiny. You can't change your Destiny, though. That's like the biggest thing. Like you, you watch Yu-Gi-Oh. You, you know about the Destiny thing. But um, <laughs> um, anyways, um, so with Destiny, the video game. Um, there is going to be big changes when the Taken King... I think I don't know if it's the same day Taken King comes out, but it's supposed to be coming um, in September. Um, they are making, like I said, some huge changes to the game where um, they are completely taking Peter Dinklage out of the game, and they're adding Nolan North. Um, he's going to be in the Taken King. He's going to be the voice of your little ghost friend. Um, and he's actually... And it's a retro thing where, like... So if you, if you start the game up after the update, um, whether you put the game day one or you bought the game that day, you will no longer hear Peter Dinklage. You'll hear Nolan North. Um, and they have also changed the. They're, they also are going to be changing the the leveling system where they're getting they're getting completely of the light system. What? Where yes, so the light system is completely going away. You're going to level up like you normally would in any other game. Oh my god! So they're going to do a lot of rebalancing of the weapons because obviously the weapons are built around the um, the light system. So if people don't know, once you hit level twenty, you stop earning experience points, yep. and you basically have to grind a lot, and it's horrible um, yeah, it to get these for a chance of possibly, maybe not so much likely. You'll and you'll get these weapons that have light on them, and the light is what you get for your gear. To level up even higher to get to level thirty four, and then when Taken King comes out, the level cap goes to level forty. Um, so they are completely going away with that. I don't know how they're going to fix that. As far as if you're level thirty, I imagine if you're level thirty four now, you'll just stay at thirty four. Um, if you're level twenty two, you'll you'll just stay at the level. I imagine you'll just stay at the level you're currently at because I don't think they've said how they're going to fix that um, going forward. Could you just um, imagine, like, everybody who have, grown, who have just done a lot of grinding inside Destiny and stuff to that extent, and then all of a sudden come on and all of a sudden they're at the level cap? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it'd be funny if they just retroactively added all the experience points you earned. That'd probably break... Th- I mean, um, I'm, I I like the changes. Those were two of my big complaints about... I mean, actually, Peter Dinklage wasn't that big of a complaint. He was... He was there. It I didn't wasn't really mind Peter Dinklage all that much, really. I, if this game was built more on a story, he would obviously it would be a big issue. But for this game, I mean, we joke about it. Everybody jokes around it, but there being a lack of a story for this game, it doesn't really hinder it to me for me too much. Um, but I think obviously Noel North will help. Um, he's obviously one of the best in the business as far as uh, voice acting goes. It's so really strange, though. I mean, I've never really come across a, and and like a other video game that has them like replacing the like a voice actor for a character right after the game's been released. You know. Yeah, especially for a big AAA title when you're when you're one of the hottest stars um, in Hollywood, Peter, Peter Dinklage. Um, over the last few years, um, he's being replaced. 
but I, I, I like it because the, the, those were probably the two biggest issues people had. I mean, not the two biggest, but two major complaints a lot of people had overall with the game was the leveling system with the light stuff and all the con- having to grind for everything was horrible. And That's then Peter Dinklage. Those are like probably if you had a you had a top five list and you you gave it to a thousand Destiny players and said, "What's your five biggest problems with this game?" I bet those two would show up more times than not. Yeah, that, um, that's very true too. I mean, I can vouch for the whole like uh, light, the elements of light and stuff for various pieces of armor. I mean, that's just a pain in the ass in and of itself. I mean, you would talk about like people spending hours maybe going through certain raids in order to get certain pieces of armor, so like exotic or maybe like legendary mm-hmm. armor with maybe maybe a little bit of incremental updates. Yep, that would help you out to level up if you were lucky. If you were lucky, or you could come across and do something like I like had a problem doing, even after all the major updates happened, I remember going through the the main merchant Zer and stuff and collecting so many like motes of light, mm-hmm. like exchanging all, all this like various currency to get like uh, an exotic engram, only to be only to be encoded in being a piece of armor for another character class that I had yep. not even started. <laughs> yeah, so. The way, the way the whole system was built was awful. Um, we've talked about Destiny extensively on the show, but uh, th- this is actually... I really like this. It, it makes me interested in playing Destiny again in, De- in that was December, September. Um, I'm not going to, uh, but it's <laughs> it's a good selling point. I mean, as far as... like, It's not a bad idea, especially for someone like me that has Destiny but hasn't bought any of the DLC. Um, and like, I've talked about like those like the, the leveling system I hate, and that's one of the main keys for why I stopped playing the game. Um, I think the biggest issue for me is there's just nothing to fucking do in the game, <laughs> uh, except for play the same six fucking stupid missions over and over again on the all on the, DLC, the planets. That all the and, DLC stuff and oh my god. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay another. I'm not gonna pay eighty bucks to fucking for DLC for more of the same bullshit. Um, but no, I, if this game came out like this in the first place, I feel like this game would be much more, uh, considered a lot more positive. Um, oh, it would I definitely think... be a lot more positive. I mean, I really am surprised why they freaking did this, did not do this to begin with, because they should have just waited. I don't care. It should have just been waited up until this point. Yeah. Because... Oh my god, this game right now, with even after all these updates, I mean, ugh. I don't know. I'm not too sure if I can get myself to play this game yeah. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, I understand. Um, I, I mean, you remember that website that uh, one of our friends posted it on our, like, on the, uh, I just think it's like the Talking Ship, like a Facebook page, Time's Wasted in Destiny. Yeah. You went through, I think you had like about 14 hours on yours. Yeah, I was, I, it felt like a thousand. I was you shocked know, it was only 14. Dude, I had about 71 on mine. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> 71... Did my initial playthrough as a as the Titan, went through the playthrough with both you and Jake with uh, the Warlock, got through all that. Then I did a separate. I did one more playthrough by myself. I blasted it through the week. A female hunter went through all that. Finally got my exotic thing on my character, and I was happy that I was completely done at that moment. After I got done, played it maybe one more day put it down have not went back to it since <laughs> yeah i think you're in the, the same boat a lot of people are though where they're just kind of waiting for taken king to come out at this point tyler i'm not even going to sell off this game because for one i know i'm probably going to go back to it another six months 
Yeah. I will come back to another six months, probably. Like, I still have Destiny. I'll, we'll talk about Nintendo soon, Planes. I'm sorry. Um, God damn it, Bill Trennan. God, he's like... <laughs> we haven't talked about any Nintendo. He's upset. Um, but, um... I forgot I was going, damn it, Bill Trenton. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I still have Destiny. Uh, I haven't sold it. I, I'm considering selling it just because I feel like I have really no interest in playing again. At the same point, I feel like if I saw, like, they were, like, they put all the DLC out there for, like, half price one week, and, like, I could buy the first two for, like, 10 bucks a piece, and then maybe eventually Taken King will come out for 20 bucks or something. Like, I feel like I might pick it up then and, and buy it. I don't know. It's just like it's this weird thing with Destiny, where like I bitch about the game, but sometimes I still get the urge to kind of play the game. And that's in and of itself the curse of Destiny. Yeah, it's like it's a like, game that you love to play gameplay wise, but you absolutely loathe playing it because yeah. of how much fucking grinding there is. Yeah, it's like it's a fun game. It's a fine game to play, but it's just everything about it sucks. Um, but let's move on before we go into their uh, Destiny hate rant. Man, if if Jake was here, like if he would be so, be, like, or if Jake is listening, he'd be so pissed because yeah. not only do we spend a lot of time talking about Yu-Gi-Oh, but we we bitch more about Destiny. <laughs> like this is like the anti-Jake episode. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, so we got some Fallout Four news uh, this week as well. Oh, thank God. Um, so Fallout Four uh, is announced by Bethesda. They said on Twitter that there is no level cap. Yes, and that there will you can continue to play the game after the main story is done. That's awesome. Yes, I like both of those because my biggest complaint with with Fallout Three was spoiler alert you die at the end, so you couldn't the game just ended at that point. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm happy they they are changing. I, I mean, I guess you can still die, I guess, but they could obviously fix that so you can replay the game. Um, mm. But also the, uh, the the no level cap thing is kind of weird. I imagine there's got to be yeah, something very... there. I, I doubt they... Fuck Bill Trenton, fuck off. Um, <laughs> I, there's got to be something there. Like, I don't know if I like the idea of no level cap. Why is that? I don't know. It's just like... It feels weird. Like, why am I leveling up then? If it's just like never going to end. Like, it's kind of cool when like... You, when, when like in Call of Duty, when you... When you um, fuck, what's it called? When you reach the max level. Yeah. Prestige. No, no help right, there, right. Jack. God, um, when you prestige in Call of Duty, like that's cool. Like when you hit that max level, like awesome, sweet. And then like you could start all over, even if like even if you just want to stick to your top level. Like, hey, I maxed out. It's awesome. Um, getting like an in game, like right. you, re- getting close to level hundred, Pokemon. Like that's the, like the most fun of the game is seeing those levels go up and getting closer and closer. You know how like you know how power so when you get to, like yeah. level when you're like level sixty or seventy or eighty. And Pokemon, you know you're at a really good level because yeah. hundreds of max. So if I'm at like level six hundred and eighty-two in Fallout Four, like am I at a really good <laughs> level? I don't know. Like, like there's probably gonna be a guy out there that's like level twenty-five thousand. I'm not too sure if I'm not too sure what they're going with for this whole like uh, not no level <clears> cap <throat> dealy. I mean, it could possibly be where it does level off to a certain extent, possibly after one hundred. Possible, who knows? But. Uh, Mm-hmm. There has to be at least a couple achievements involved where, okay, get to such and such level, you know, or get to such and such level, like how it was in Fallout 3, too, where it's like, okay, be yeah. at level 20. Okay, be at level maybe uh, 15, you know? 
for both either karma or like yeah. good karma or bad karma, you know? Just mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not necessarily against it. It's just kind of a it's just something we it's it's something we've never I don't think we've ever seen yeah. before in a in a game that has leveling system like where there's just no level cap. Uh but no, that's awesome. I like I, not really major news, I, I but I it's it's a cool thing to hear. Um, I'm excited for that game. Uh, I think everybody is that, that enjoys video games. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we also they also announced during Gamescom that Battle of Born, which is uh, from Gearbox, the creators of mm-hmm. uh, Borderlands, um, their new game Battleborn, IP, it's a new IP, uh, is coming February 9, thousand sixteen. That's actually well, hell, it's early two thousand sixteen. I mean, hell, that's no surprise right there. Yep. That it's going to be coming out a little bit earlier on next year, considering that the major November stuff, October November stuff, is uh, going to be underway. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Um, it's it's weird to me because we no, really haven't seen much of this game. Like we've got a couple like five six minute yep. gameplay trailers. Um, it it's really Borderlands three, but with like thirty characters. Borderlands. It's exactly it even has the same art style. It's it's kind of got a wacky system. I, I mean, I don't think the game's gonna be a bad game, but I, I I can if if I was a betting man, I would bet money this game ain't coming February 9, 2016. <laughs> I feel like this game is made to get delayed, like cause, and maybe the, it could be like Fallout Four, where like the game was almost done when they announced it. Like this game could have been well into development, could have been pretty close to being finished. This game might be pretty close to finished right now. I mean, maybe they're just kind of hoping that based off because because we really haven't seen much from it for a new IP. They've shown us really next to nothing. Um, maybe they're just hoping that hey, so it looks like Borderlands that people will just buy it well, off they that. They gotta get that funding for Borderlands. Who knows? Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's a weird. This is it's this is a weird one to me. It's just like it's nothing I've seen before in like um, in a video game where it's just especially like I said, a new IP where. Normally, like you just, you almost see sometimes yep. in new IPs, you see too much of the game. Um, you feel like you're getting overloaded with the game. There's so much out there by the time you play it. It's just like I've, I've already seen all this. It's like it's like a trailer where like a comedy, like when you see a trailer and it's really funny, but it's like all then you go to watch the movie and all the funny stuff is in the trailer. <laughs> sometimes with a lot of like new IPs, you get that, um, and then you know. But this game's almost the opposite, which could be good, could be bad. Who knows? Uh, but moving on, um, there is a new kind of a system coming out for Sony has announced for PS Plus where huh. there is going to be a voting system. I don't know when exactly this is going to start. I imagine sometime this month. That, uh, But um, every month they're going to put up um, three games and they're going to let PlayStation Plus members vote. I don't know if it's going to be on the website. I don't know if it's going to be on the PS4 itself. But they're going to let you vote for future PlayStation Plus games. And, um, yeah, uh, but so there's gonna be three games, like I said, every month. Um, and I said the, 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 the one that gets the most votes will be the, uh, a future PlayStation Plus game. Obviously, they obviously are saying future, they're not gonna say next month or whatever. Um, but they said the other two that don't get the most votes will be of that month will be, um, at a, a nice oh, discount a for PlayStation Plus members. There. Yeah. Um, I like it. Like and I mentioned it last week, where I feel like um, I thought Xbox was doing a great job with their games for Golds the last few months. I thought the the PS Plus was kind of floundering a little bit 
We're like every now and again, like this month we got we got Limbo. That was good, but like we haven't really got any AAA games. We haven't got any full even retail games that come out for it. Um, so this is kind of I think uh, a good answer to that. Where I mean, this I mean we're not getting. I don't know. We're not really getting for as far as we know. We're not getting like big AAA games coming up. But to kind of give you an an idea of what's coming, um, is I think it's gonna be a smart business strategy. Uh, we're like, oh shit! Like this game, this game's gonna coming soon. That's awesome. So I'll get PlayStation Plus now. So you might get more people out there. Plus people like people. Some people like like love the idea of so they can vote. So let's buy this damn thing so they can vote. Uh, you're putting the you know the power in the people's hands, right. which is always a smart idea. Um, not always, but in this sense, it's a smart idea. I think. Um, and then it's like the, even the two losers, like the losers, and I, I use that in quotations. Not really losers, but the, you know whatever. Um, We'll get those at a discount. Who knows? It's 10, 20, 30% or whatever, but that's fantastic. Like, I don't see a bad um, thing for this outside of like the. Well, the yeah, that's very true, too. I mean, that could possibly um, happen as well. Yeah. But no, this this is, like I, like I said, Up until I the this is fantastic. Options I love this get idea. revealed. It's either Knack, Zone Shadowfall, or quite possibly maybe Thief. Yeah. <laughs> okay, except for that one month where we get. They offer Knack, Killzone, and. Fucking um, <laughs> what's their, Destiny, uh, three shitty games. Oh um, my gosh! Other than that, that's probably it's, exactly it's what they're going to do for the great. first month. Um, that is on thing, you know. It's probably going to be end up being Destiny, and all of a sudden everybody's <laughs> going to be like, "Okay, okay, we're going to get Destiny for free." People still bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be so. Uh, weird. Fuck Destiny. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, so we talked about quite a bit the last couple weeks, but Rocket League, we talked about even last week, but Rocket League, their DLC, they we finally got, um, after we recorded last week, they announced um, some details of the DLC and uh, the price point. Um, it's coming anytime in the month of August. Um, yeah. It's called Supersonic Fury. Uh, it's going to be $4, and it's going to come with two new cars. Um uh, six different decals. Um, I think that's about it, actually. Um, oh, and there's going to be... Um, I think there's also going to be some... No, actually, no. I was going to say the, the new flags are going to be part of the free um, the patch coming out soon. Um, but no, Dude. so we're getting two new cars and six decals <laughs> for the game. Four bucks. Um, we're also getting that free map and the, the flags and the spectator mode this month, too. But that's well, that's pretty cool. Um no, I think that's. I mean, four bucks ain't bad. Like I said, I feel like um, I owe these guys money, so I'll probably buy it just out of that sake, honestly. Dude, I am. You know what? Speaking of Rocket League and stuff, I did beat that single player mode to it. That whole like uh, campaign, whatever the hell. Oh, the they season had thing. With, uh, the season yeah. mode, I beat that in like a twenty-eight game season. I did the same thing. I did like I think it's like it's like twenty-seven games and like three playoffs. I have about eighty percent of the trophies unlocked. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a. I think I'm at a solid seventy eight percent. Dude, I am so close to just getting the platinum for that game. It's just hilarious. I just need to unlock everything. Yeah, that's. I gotta get the five hundred kilometer thing, and then I had to. Same here. I had to unlock a couple more things, but I'm at this. I'm kind of in the same boat as you are. Uh, but no, that's solid. Um, I mean, for four bucks, it could be more. I like, I like to see some more maps out there. I like to see some more gameplay, some yeah. more game types out there. 
Uh, but that could be future. Uh, you know, I imagine that's going to be more free stuff because they don't want to separate their audience. They want to keep their audience as big as possible and keep them together. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Um, I'm happy about that. Um, I'll probably be picking that up when it comes out. Uh, moving on to, I think this should be our last topic um, of yep. the week. Um, but Zombie U, um, that was a launch title for the Wii U in 2012, will be coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on August 18th, um, which is uh, fairly soon, actually. Um, but it will be just be called mm. Zombie, with no E at the end. I have only one question in regard to this release. Why? <laughs> um, well, they they the game came out with some pretty good reviews. Like, it, I mean, it was not great reviews, but it had a lot of you know, like I saw a lot of sevens for that game and some eights and nines even. Uh, you know, it, I think it's if you looked up on Metacritic, it's probably in like the high seventies, maybe low eighties. Well, we're talking. Bad, I know, but we're talking about a game that was just entirely made to revolve around the gamepad of the Wii U. So basically, we're taking off like yeah, obviously the U. Off the end of zombie and stuff, it's basically going to be the same game only without the gamepad features of the thing, but still the same mode, the same things and stuff like that. How much are they charging for this? Um, I don't, I don't actually know. I don't think they've said yet. Uh, I mentioned this to uh, Justin actually um, over the weekend when we, were, we discussed a little bit um, that I feel like this game needs to come out for like forty bucks. <laughs> well, that's too generous. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't even know if it's gonna be um, in stores. It's, it might just be a, a digital only game. So if it comes out for thirty 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 dollars digitally, that would surprise bad. me at all. They, they talked about like I said, this game. Uh, they the uh, Ubisoft mentioned that it wasn't profitable. <laughs> That's no surprise. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for it was you know it came out on a console. On a, it was a launch title on a console that sold horribly. Um, for really the first you know year and a half it was out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame Ubisoft for doing this. Uh, it's you know it's like they 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 were one of the few companies that tried to support the Wii U at the beginning, and it didn't work. That's um, very I true played Zombie too. U. I didn't. It was it was an okay game. I thought it wasn't a great game. I thought it did a good job of using the gamepad. I imagine it's it's going to be easy mapping the controls for the. For that, um, really, gamepad just had the map for the most part and some inventory. Right. So I imagine that's an easy couple button clicks on the controller for that. Uh, I'm I'm not too upset about it, I guess, because I mean I didn't have the Wii U when it first came out launch. Uh, I I try not. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of Nintendo, but I'm not trying to be too much of a fanboy of Nintendo. Right. Um. But I can understand it. Um. I I think it's weird timing, th- almost three years later. To do it, I feel like if they would have done this like two years ago, dude. If you think um, that's weird timing, man, just think about the Walking Dead stuff coming to the possibly the Wii U in the next in the somehow later this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not too too largely upset about that one. Uh, I think it's I can understand from a business perspective this happening, but I feel like this game probably won't sell too well when it comes out to the new consoles. No, because the game itself really wasn't. Honestly, that great in my honest opinion, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, it came out the middling reviews. If this game came out on the, on the Wii U and had like a lot of nines and tens, and then was coming out now, I think there it might be a little more buzz about it. But I feel like if this is a middling game that came out three years ago. Like, why should we care? Yeah, it's like when you hear about the remasterings for like Sleeping Dogs. It's like, okay, this was a good game that came out you know three years ago. Like, 
it got a lot of sevens and eights. Why do, why should I care? Exactly. You know? It's a lot of, it's kind of the same boat for, um, as like that for me. Um, but no, I think that's our topic for the okay. week. Um, Jack, do you have a retro game this week? Yes, the retro game of the week will actually come forth <laughs> to kind of round out from how we began, like uh, my talking, like uh, games I've been playing. So, <laughs> just process that for a second. Anyway, Banjo Kazooie is this game retro game of the week. So, for Banjo Kazooie, it came out in like around 1998 on the Nintendo 64. Obviously, made by Rare was a juggernaut of a company for Nintendo back for the Super Nintendo and the N64 days before being bought out by Rare. I'm not bought out by Rare, but bought off by Microsoft. (laughs) I'm just going too fast for my own good tonight. Anyway, Banjo-Kazooie basically is a platforming game structured by, you know, structured after the, like, the gameplay elements of Super Mario 64. So it's a collect-a-thon of sorts where you're collecting things like music notes, you're saving Jingjos, you're collecting honeycombs, you're getting, you're collecting all these other type of hodgepodge items which will round up into making, helping you advance later on throughout the game. So if you collect a certain number of music notes, you can progress past these music note doors that have an incremental amount of how much you should collect in order to proceed. You know, proceed. So, for example, the first door had like about 50 music notes. You collect about 50 to 100 or so in like Mumbo's Mountain. You can go ahead and progress. But uh, the thing about Banjo-Kazooie that's really cool is uh, not only is it its sense of humor but the way it actually kind of surpasses gameplay-wise Super Mario 64 in almost every way, <laughs> in my honest opinion. Because in Mario 64, you had an element where you would go forth, you would play like a main world, you would collect the star, and that would be it. You would be transported back out of the stage, and then you would uh, basically have to go back in, go on to the next star, do and so on and so forth. But for Banjo-Kazooie, it's sort of a different way that it was structured. Because technically you can go forth and blast through, say, a world, the first two worlds at least in about maybe 20 or 30 minutes apiece, as opposed to maybe an hour or two for Mario (laughs) 64. So, not only does it have a great sense of humor, the game itself, with a lot of memorable characters and a lot of memorable moments too, (laughs) like other rare games, it has some innuendo stuff, which uh, you maybe may only catch somewhat if you're actually paying attention. But, uh, like I said, great gameplay. Oh, boy. There's other things about the game, too, that's really fun. Like, say, they have like different, like, uh, colorful, like, game worlds itself. Like, for one, you would be, like, this sort of, like, uh, Mumbo's Mountain. Maybe you'll be on a beach for Treasure Trove Cove or in some sort of industrial sort of factory. Try to uh, maybe blast out the teeth of a freaking, like, a mechanical shark for Clanker's Cavern. The worlds themselves are really creative, too, because the music playing really fits the overall world when you go through and play it and experience it for the first time. It's like no no world is the same. Each world has its own theme, has its own gimmick, has its own, like, various experience that you should go through each time. And it's really replayable and really memorable, even to this day. I mean, I could still remember renting Banjo-Kazooie from a video rental store back in the late 90s, plopping it into my N64, playing it for what it was, and then getting a cartridge, like not even that same year, buying the cartridge, playing through it in its entirety, 
And you know what? Having be that be one of my favorite N64 games from that time. So, with Banjo-Kazooie, it definitely holds a place as one of the best games for the N64 hands down. Because not only is it memorable, but the gameplay of it is so timeless. The game itself is so timeless that it's constantly being like uh, being looked looked back upon with a lot of fondness because instrumental it was for Rare at that time to progress further, you know, maybe pushing the envelope a little bit, not only with, like, Jet Force Gemini, but also with, like, you know, GoldenEye 007. I think Banjo-Kazooie came after GoldenEye, but uh, the thing about it was it really... Banjo-Kazooie is just one of those games where it really established Rare to be that type of company where, at the time, it was, like, going like to and from like the ZX Spectrum making their brand of games, then going to the NES having like a couple of major hits, say like Battle Toads be one. Super Nintendo was when they really started to kick things off with Donkey Kong Country trilogy, plus working on Banjo Kazooie, like for the sixty four, Goldeneye, Perfect Dark. But yet during those times in the mid to late nineties, when Rare was actually a big force, that was just one of those it was just one of, like, a trickle. Banjo-Kazooie was just one of those games of a trickle of uh, games that were really memorable and really good. So, for this Retro Game of the Week is Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that is pretty much our show for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, we are on Facebook. We have a page and a group. It is Generation Gaming. We're also on Twitter and YouTube under Gen Gaming Net. So follow us, like us, join us, whatever on there. Subscribe, whatever you want to do. Um, if you guys liked our show, um, we would appreciate if you go onto iTunes and gave us a review, give you know positive, negative, whatever. Um, we'll take it one through five. You know, as long as you leave um, a little note on there saying what commenting what you liked and disliked about the show. You know, and you know, don't don't don't. Don't call us fags or whatever. You know, give us <laughs> don't call us, us any type of random like slangs. To... Maybe ask yeah. us a couple of questions if you really wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Maybe like... maybe ask a question like, say, hey, why is Bill Trennan flying over your head over your houses every time we're listening to this podcast? You know, something yeah, like it's... that. You know, it's the damnedest thing. I don't even know why. So that's the answer to that question. So don't ask that question. Ask a different question. Um, but no, like leave us leave us some feedback. Let us know what you liked or disliked about the show. What you want to see different about it? Whatever you want, uh, just. Let us know on there. We greatly appreciate it. We'll even shout you out on the podcast. One, whether it's one star or five star. Um, but no, like I said, that is our show for the week. Uh, thank you once again for listening. I was your host, Tyler. And I have been the Jack of Hearts. So, as with always, GG, everybody. Alan, yes. You make me nervous, man, because I don't know if you're going to say it or not. <laughs> I, like I always leave pause. you hanging like, is he going to say it? Is he not going to say it? One of these weeks, it's going to be like a 16-minute long like ending of the show where I'm just waiting for you to say GG. Oh my god, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> we got a brand new collaboration here.